With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie. And the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days, so you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy, so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. With everything you need to get pure distilled water, go to superstore.theamericanvoice.com. That's superstore.theamericanvoice.com. Order now. A one-hour prophecy program on the American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Messiah's Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. And welcome to the Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour. We're broadcasting live from the Foothills, Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is January 28, 2010. And tonight, before I say anything else, um, this Sabbath, I am having the ultimate pleasure of my daughter, my adopted daughter, getting married. Um, it's all a miracle story, but praise the Lord. So um, I want to say congratulations to Serena Kay tonight, and be blessed. Anyway, um, now that my joy is over with, I better get on with the other stuff, all right? Okay, anyway, please remember, saints, that our mission church only survives through your kind gifts. You know, these aren't just words I'm saying. We do really need your prayers and continued support. Donations are being uh, are just so low this time of year, and I think it could be due to several things, and I don't want to down anybody for donating elsewhere, but we all know that there's disasters going on across the world. But we have a disaster right here with the homeless and poor. These people, a lot of them are not well, – none of them are throwaway people, but a lot of them are victims of this terrible economy. Anyway, and we need your support to keep spreading the gospel. What better thing is that? 
and to continue helping them with food, clothing, first aid, and so on and so forth. You all know what I do. These are not, again, they're not throwaway people. And we're not asking you to break the, break the bank for them, but we really do need your support. So please lift the Mission Church in Wichita up to prayer tonight and see if you're led to help. We don't want anything the Father doesn't want us to have, so please lift it up to prayer first, okay? Um, you can donate online by our PayPal or find our mailing address at our website, which is simply messiahsbranch.org, messiahsbranch.org. And we're trying to keep you informed as, you know, people think life's just going on just as normal, and guess what, folks? It's not normal. These earthquakes and things you're seeing, this is not normal, and they're coming more and more. I think the small one just hit Chicago the other day. But saints, the world is in great turmoil. Most don't realize it, but we are in that time of the end, the time before Messiah's glorious return. So it's time to come out of Babylon, the world, and look to the holy city. Look to that one who suffered and died for you. Make this choice tonight. You don't have a lot of time. So if you need help after the program, call me, and I'll pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, please leave your name, your number, your prayer request, or message. The phone number, of course, is 620-878-4682, 620-878-4682, or you can send me an email, and I'll get back with you if the phones are busy. Anyway, phones, not phones. I don't have more than one. Anyway, so now for a prayer, and we'll get on with the guest. I think you're really going to enjoy this program tonight. Now for a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name I pray. Father God, I just ask that what comes out on this program is what you want to come out. And not what our guests want or I want, but what you want to come out. And I really thank you so much for our time with the world this week. And I do mean that, Father. And amen and amen. Well, you know, saints, there are many different views of the Antichrist out there and the mark of the beast. Tonight we will speak with a guest who has one that I've not really heard before, but I think uh, from what I've read about it, well, I'll just let you make the choice. So tonight you get to be the judge, as many of you and myself, this will be the first time we've ever heard this information. So let's get our guest. He's here to talk with us about DNA of the Mark of the Beast. Our guest is the founder of the Prophecy Club. Sorry about that. The Prophecy Club is my friend. Uh, welcome, Apostle Stan Johnson. Are you there with me, Stan? I am, and I'm glad to be here. Well, praise the Lord. I'm sure glad to have you. And I'm sure anxious about this information. You told me just a little bit about it, enough to make me want more, and I think it's something that the people really need to hear. Well, I can tell you, I just spoke about an hour of the two and a half hours that I have on the DVD last Friday night in Portland to about 90 people, and they were floored. I mean, the next day, all day long, they kept coming up to me and telling me just how much they really, really liked what I had to say. And one of them said, man, where is your brain to come up with this? I mean, how could you put this together? Yeah, and I like, you know, it's a prophecy brain. What can I say? <laughs> right, amen. Well, you know, I see more and more new stuff every time I open my Bible, but um, I don't think I've heard this before, but praise the Lord, I know that you're going to tell us about it. Okay. Well, I've got so much to cover. Again, I'm going to try to cram the best of the two and a half hours that are put in this DVD called DNA and the Mark of the Beast. I'm going to try to give you as much of that as I possibly can. So let me get rolling. Now, I talked a little bit about uh, aliens and B and things like that, I know, on one of your other programs. But this is going to be a different side of the dice. 
uh, it's going to be on the same dive, so we're going to be talking similar, but it's going to go way beyond what I talked about the other night. Well, it is. Anyway, okay, it starts with Revelation 13:15. This is talking about when the people of the earth, and the Bible makes it very plain that the people of the earth make an image. And it says, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, and that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, this is a man-made image that speaks and issues orders. Now, I can't prove this next thing, but I suspect it's going to be something like what we saw in the Time Machine movie, in the new version that was based upon the old book by H.G. Wells. And in this particular movie theater, by the way, many times Hollywood does prophesy, but it prophesies it's, it's fiction based upon fact. Right. And they do foretell the future, and I'm going to talk more about that in a minute, so I'll just leave that there. I'll come back to that. But anyway, um, my suspicion is that the image of the beast is going to be a combination of half man, half fallen angel, and it will probably be somehow linked in to all computers and all known knowledge of the universe. And that way, everybody's going to listen to this thing, and he's going to tell, because Revelation 13, 17 says that the image speaks and causes as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And in other words, if you don't get the image of the beast, you're going to be killed. But is there another side to that? What if you do get the image of the beast? Now, <clears throat> here's where I'm going with that. You see, it's a very nice stick and carrot. Okay, you understand the stick is when you hold a stick with a carrot on the front of it, uh, out in front of the, the donkey or the mule, and then the mule chases the carrot, and you're able to get the donkey to go. On the other hand, if the donkey doesn't respond to the, to the carrot, then you use a stick on his behind. Okay, in other words, if he does what you want, he gets the carrot. If he doesn't do what he wants, then he gets the stick. Well, you see, God has a stick and a carrot, too. And the stick is... If you don't accept Jesus, you're going to burn in hell forever. The carrot is, if you do, then you get eternal life and you live in paradise for all eternity. Okay. I mean, okay. I mean, if you imagine the minister standing up in front of a group of unsaved people, and he says, all right, I'm going to put it to you this way. If you accept Jesus, you get to live forever. You get a glorified body. You never hurt hunger again. You never hurt again. You never thirst again. You live for all eternity. And if you don't, you burn in hell. And all of the people says, okay, <laughs> that's a pretty tough decision. Okay, let me think for a minute. Uh, okay, I guess I'll live forever in paradise. Yeah, amen. <laughs> well, see, the devil doesn't have that stick and carrot, and I believe that I'm going to show you some very realistic reasons why he may be trying to give that stick and carrot to people that take the mark of the beast. You see, inferred in that verse says that if they don't take the image of the beast, they're killed. Well, what's right. the flip side of that? If they do take the image of the beast, could it be, and here's where I'm going with this, could it be that he offers them an injection that will at least tell them, it won't be able to deliver it, but tell them that if they take the mark of the beast, they get this injection and they live forever. Now, let's move on to the next point. I'm going to come back to that and see if I can prove that in tonight's program. All right. I'll expect it. Thank you. Matthew 24, verse 37 says, But as the days of Noah were, so also 
shall the coming of the Son of Man be? Okay, well, what were the days of Noah? Well, we look at Genesis 6, verses 1 through 13. And it says, came to pass when men began to multiply in the face of the earth, daughters were born unto them, and the sons of God, now I think that's the aliens that fly around in your anti-gravity flying saucers, right. the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, I agree, the ladies are really good looking, and they took them wives, all of they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always drive with man, for he is also flesh, yet his day shall be 120 years. Well, now, hold on, time out. What does that 120 years mean? Does that mean that man's going to live 120 years? Well, we don't live 120 years today. And before the flood, they didn't live 120 years then. Instead, no. before the flood, they lived five, six, seven. I mean, that Methuselah lived 969 years. So what's that 120 years? Well, we believe, if you look at that word in the Hebrew, it says jubilee. And wouldn't you believe it that we are now living in the 120th Jubilee? In other words, we are the last day, or we are the last day's people. We are living in the last days. And when I was talking about as in the days of Noah, we're in the last days. Now, let's go on to the next verse. It says, there were giants in the earth. In other words, when these sons of God mated with the daughters of men, their offspring became giants. Giants in the earth in those days, and after that, when the sons of God came in into the daughters of men and bare children of them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, we're going to look at that word, men of renown. That word in the Hebrew for old is olam, O-W-L-A-M, and it means the vanishing point, eternity, or always. In other words, when the sons of God mated with the daughters of men, they weren't dying. They were not only living, but they were giants. They were giants, and they were living forever. In other words, they did not inherit the curse of Adam. Right. Now, hang on to that thought. We're going to come back to that. Now, let's continue. Oh, well, okay. It, it goes on to say, and, and God saw the wickedness of man in the earth, and that every imagination of thoughts of his heart were evil continually. He repeated, repented man, he made man on the earth, grieved in his heart. The Lord said, I'll destroy man. I've created from the face of the earth both man, beast, and creeping things, thousands of the earth for repenting that he made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. All right, now let's look at that word generations. In the Hebrew, that word is tolida, which means descent or family history. In other words, referring to a genetic code. In other words, you see, Noah wasn't just selected because he was just man. He was selected, him and his family to live on the ark, to survive, because his genetic code had not been messed up. How do you know that, man? Well, let, let me move on. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, because I'm cramming, I'm cramming. I've got a lot to say. Yeah, I can okay, tell. Go ahead. ahead. Okay, the earth was also corrupt. Big word. Let's look at it. It says, corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, and all flesh had corrupted its way upon the earth. All right, now. That word corrupt, it just said it was three times corrupt, but only mentioned evil once, or violence once. So we look up the Hebrew word for corrupt there, and it's shakath, meaning decay or ruin. In other words, I believe what it's saying is that the DNA code, the genetic code of the men of the earth were messed up. 
Now, this may be where we get the so-called myths of the mermaid, half man, half fish, the centaur, half man, half horse. Maybe, well, I agree with just that. maybe, maybe they weren't just myths. In other words, maybe these sons of God, when they came down and made it with the daughters of men, also began to corrupt the creation of God, changing the DNA, and that's the reason God had to destroy everything that had breath in its nostrils yeah. to destroy the bad seed or the bad corrupted seed. Now, are we doing anything today that says that as in the days of Noah, so also shall it be in the coming of some man? Are we playing with any genetic codes today? That's a funny question. Well, uh, let's go of on. Of course we are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely we are. Okay. Now let's go on to another verse. Daniel 2:43. Whereas thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Okay, isn't that what we are doing right now with with Dolly the sheep, where we're trying to make half man, half sheep, half man, half monkey, and we're playing with all the genetic code. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, I believe that is exactly what we're doing. Now, let me tell you about a mystery phone caller I got. Back in the early days of Prophecy Club, Prophecy Club started in June of 93, and this was probably around 94, I had been playing some stuff on the radio about UFOs and aliens and things like that. Mm -hmm. And this guy calls the office. And he says, look, I used to be really high up in the government, and I am going to answer your questions. I'm not going to tell you anything, but I'll answer, answer your questions. He said, now, I have a little laser pen. He said, runs off two pin light batteries like all the rest of them, only this one is much more powerful. And if I point this at you, it'll blow your eyes out, and you'll have permanent blindness. They know I have it, and they don't mess with me. And I said, he says, so I'll tell him, I won't tell you anything, but I'll answer your question. I said, all right, fine. I said, let's go to Area 51. He said, yeah, I've been all through it. I said, they got aliens there. He said, some alive, some dead. I said, what about anti-gravity flying saucers? He said, yeah, some from other worlds, some our government has made. What do you want to know? And he said, wait a minute. He said, you you got to stand. He said, you don't know anything until it's at least 25 years old. He said, for out of this place, there is no such thing as leaks. He said, they killed the leaks. He said, so in, in their secret underground labs, they progress at the rate of about three years to every one public year. They have unlimited funding. They have the very best minds of the world in these, and they are working studiously towards certain goals. Right. And he said, see, you don't know anything until it's at least 25 years old. I said, okay, tell me something that's old technology, old news, but we haven't heard about it here on the surface yet. He said, okay. He said, successful human head transplant. Oh, my goodness. He said, old technology. I said, okay, then let's get to the bottom of the barrel. I said, what's the deepest, darkest secret? What's the thing that they don't want anyone to know? Well, let's hear it. You're holding me on the edge of my seat or I'm going to guess. I don't want to guess. Come on. Here's what he said. He said, creation. You see, that's right out of Daniel. To give life. I said, what do you mean? He said, they are working on creating life 
from beginning. Well, see, brothers and sisters, that is right out of Genesis 6, verse uh, 4, where the sons of God came down, made with the daughters of men. They mingled their seed. They started making centaurs. And uh, yeah, amen. what are we trying to do right now? We're trying to come up with a super soldier. And we're about to talk about that. So their deepest, darkest secret is they want to create. All right, now, let me pull some articles uh, from the newspapers here right quick. Uh, this one, headline, scientists want debate on animals with human genes. Now, what the debate is, they want permission to begin to experiment uh, humans and animals connecting their DNA together. That's what they're really saying in this article. Next article, scientists halt brain disease with new gene therapy, talking about how you can insert a working gene to replace a faulty one. As you remember in the movie Jurassic Park, well, how did the science fill in the missing DNA link? They pulled it from a frog. You see, that's what they really wanted to do. Here's another article from Popular Photography. I'm reading part of it. A new gene, a new gene therapy has created both more muscle and stronger muscle in the legs of test monkeys. The altered gene controls expression of a protein that blocks the action of a chemical that naturally degrades much muscle mass. The new genes were injected directly into the monkey's legs, and voila, it took effect locally. What did it do? Well, try to imagine, how would you like to have a $3 billion super soldier? Well, I'm looking at the DARPA Advanced Research Projects Agency website, and their goals are stated on their website. They want to, quote, meld man and machine. They want a super soldier that can run at top speed for hours. Gene therapy could produce a cheetah or gorilla strength muscles. In other words, 10 times as strong as we are now. They want to have regeneration. That means instant healing, faster healing, and better uh, immunity. Um, Just a second. Let me skip on. Didn't you say something yeah, about Hollywood? I mean, Hollywood's already did these things. You know what I mean? That instant healing thing. In fact, that was just uh, on that one movie. Uh, oh, you know where the guy came uh, from outer space. You know, I don't know. But anyway, yeah. Actually, I'm, I've got some. I'm about to talk about that. Oh, okay. Uh, you're, you're on page three. I'm on page two. I'll get there just a second. Oh, okay. I'll put it together here. Boy, okay. The next, the next article says immortality enzyme wins Nobel Prize for medicine. You heard about this about four or five uh, months ago. Right. It says researchers investigating an enzyme which permits unlimited cell replication have received the Nobel Prize for Medicine. The name of it is called Tello. Let me say it again. Telomerase. Now I thought that was interesting that the word erase is in that word. Telomerase enzyme affects controls cells which govern cell replication. And it goes on to say how telomerase and its descendant products will be part of what finally puts, listen to this, listen to this, this is very important, finally puts an end to cancer. I'm going to put it together and just say, it goes on to say, whether it can become true immortality in time remains to be seen. Here's the next article. DNA swap could cure inherited diseases. And it goes on to say that you can take this string of DNA, in other words, let's say you have bad teeth. But you don't want your child to have bad teeth. Right. You can take a string of DNA from a person that has good teeth and insert it into your 
uh, genes of, of an offspring, which, by the way, we don't need you for and we don't need your wife for. It can all be done in the test tube now. But right. we insert that string so that your child now has good teeth. Well, let's do the same thing. Okay, let's say I have a deviated septum. I have a crooked nose. It's not bad. I haven't tried to fix it, but maybe I don't want my child to have that. So I take the string of DNA from this person that has a good nose. I take a string of DNA from this person that's intelligent, and we create, you see, who knows what. In other words, we are in the process, in the throes on the surface of fulfilling Genesis 6-4. However, what has been done down in the underground bases, we don't know. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip that. Okay, get a breath. We only got about a minute and to go off. I want to say a couple of things, if I can okay. remember. You went so fast. Um, number one, um, of course, I honestly believe saints out there, and that's the way that we teach the Word of God, is that Noah was, uh, in all his generations, he was perfect. That's because there was no alien DNA inside of him. And so, you know, we had to have a good generation of people for Christ to come from. That makes sense. Number two, the Bible's real clear about it. Um, you know, that's a big question. Why did uh, our father destroy everything besides the humans if something wasn't wrong with them? And so that's right. So, you know, you're, you're hitting uh, 100% here on most of these things, Sam, without even researching it. Where can they find Okay, you said you just made a DVD. you got about 25 seconds to tell us where to find it. Well, you would get the DVD by calling Prophecy Club at 75-266-1112. And that's 75-266-1112. Or I don't think it's on the website yet. I just made it, what, right. uh, two weeks ago. Okay, give uh, the number slow this time. The I'm sorry? The phone number slow. 785-266-1112. All right, folks, so we'll be back in DNA and the Mark of the Beast. Okay, we'll be back in just about three minutes with more from Stan and DNA of the Mark of the Beast. Look. Don't go away. Pastor Dan will be right back. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers with their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today.
Whether using your cell phone for business or staying in touch with family, your cell phone use is increasing. Use the Wave Shield, developed for ultimate cellular protection. The Wave Shield blocks, reduces, and deflects up to 97% of the radiation from entering the soft tissue of your ear. The Wave Shield, made of a patented mesh material, is proven and tested to block radiation without affecting reception. Order your Wave Shield today for only $19.95. Did he just say $19.95? Hey, times are tough, so American Voice Radio Network is cutting the price to $17.95. That's right, $17.95 plus mailing. You can protect yourself, family, and friends from cell phone danger to your inner ear. $17.95 at TheAmericanVoice.com. That's the superstore at TheAmericanVoice.com. $17.95 plus mailing. Order now. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. You're listening to AVR, the American Voice Radio Network. We're on free to air KU band satellite at Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, frequency 11836 vertical with symbol rate 20.770, PID left audio channel. Visit our website at theamericanvoice.com. Look 
was more stout than his fellows. Okay, well, what does that mean? You look at the Hebrew word, and it's rab, R-A-B, which means abundant or great. So it's hinting that the very appearance of the Antichrist looks a little different than the rest of us. Then we go to Daniel 8, 23. And it says, in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors have come to the pool, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. That's talking about the Antichrist. Now, what does fierce and countenance mean? Well, fierce, the Hebrew word means strong, vehement, or harsh. And then countenance means the face. In other words, these two verses say that the Antichrist will have a stout look. In other words, a little different than the rest of us. He will have a very strong, vehement, or a harsh appearing face. Could it be the reason he looks different from the rest of us is because he has something different in his DNA? Could it be that once again Genesis 6-4 has happened, the sons of God came down and mated with the daughters of men? And, in other words, a half-man, half-fallen angel. Now let's go on to another very interesting, I'm tying this all together. I interviewed Lindsay Williams, and I don't have time to go into that, but essentially he had a friend of the ruling elite. Right. And this guy told him, quote, we play fair. You don't do anything, or we don't do anything until we have warned you. He said they consider it unfair play to attack without warning. And he says that many of the evil elite warn us through movies and television. This makes them feel empowered to see their victims totally helpless and unable to prevent their own demise. Okay, so that answers the question. Uh, do the ruling elite really prophesy in their movies? Here's a good example. Fox Television Series, the name is The Lone Gunman, aired May 2001, four months later. This was four months before the 9-11 attack. Now, right. in this particular uh, ABC or Fox Television Series, this was the scene. The pilot and the co-pilot are inside the jet. They're flying along, and all of a sudden the jet decides to change course. And they do everything but jump up and down and holler and scream at the controls, but to no avail. They absolutely cannot change course. They, can't, they have lost control of this jumbo jet. Right. Now they begin to realize where they're going. They look ahead, and lo and behold, they're heading straight into, guess what? The World Trade Center Towers. Right. But in the movie, of course, they were able to get control and pull up and just barely avoided flying into the World Trade Center Tower. In other words, it may have been our warning what was going to happen. Oh, that's just a fluke. Well, here's another fluke then. FX Network aired a special called Oil Storm. It aired June 5th, 2005. The story headline was about a hurricane that struck New Orleans, killed thousands of people, stronger than a Category 5 storm, and it destroys a major pipeline, and the purpose was it caused the gasoline to go above $3 a gallon. Three months later, August 29th, Katrina hit New Orleans, and guess what? Gasoline rose to above $3 a gallon. Whoa. So you can't tell me that Hollywood does not know what's going on. At least somebody does, and they're telling us ahead of time. Now, with that in mind, let's take a look and see what else they say. Okay. That has not happened. May 9, 2006, it's called Fatal Contact, Bird Flu in America. 
in the story of this movie, a U.S. businessman visits China, infects, gets infected, and carries a deadly virus back via jetliner to the U.S. Riots erupt, armed mobs try to hijack vaccines, and, quote, authorities predict that up to 350 million people will die worldwide. Mm-hmm. Now, October the 12th, 2006, I had a dream. I was looking down upon an airplane. People were getting on this airplane, and this voice spoke as clear as I'm speaking to you right now, and it said, two men will get on an airplane with a virus. Before the plane can land, everyone on board will be dead. This will be the beginning of the end of public air transportation. We say it again. Two men will get on board of a plane with a virus. Before the plane can land, everyone on board will be dead. This will be the beginning of the end of public air transportation. Now, I've prayed about that a lot, and the only answer I can come up with as to why God would tell me that is basically he's saying, Stan, when you see this, if you want to get out of America and you don't want to have to get out with great difficulty, this is your last chance. So based on the information up at this point, when I see two men get on a plane with a virus and everybody on that plane dies, then within 48 hours, me and my family will be out of this nation. At least that's the plan. But, of course, when we see that, we'll pray and we'll see what God says. All right, now. Now let's uh, go on and let's continue to tie this together. Did you see the time machine? Sure. The new version? Sure. Okay. You know that above, on the on the face of the earth, there was the Eloys. Right. And then down below were the Molochs. In right. other words, it's saying that if you accept the mark of the beast, then you get to live in paradise on the top, or where you, you basically get to live in a paradise. If you don't, then you live down in the sewers. Right. If you see the movie by, with uh, Sylvester Stallone called Judge Dredd. Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. The people lived under the normal, what we would call normal people like us, but they were poor, lived under the ground. And the people that walked around and, yeah, it was on top. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. Then you already got it. The point of the movie was saying, if you go along with us, if you go along with the New World Order, if you take our mark of the beast, then you live very nice. If you don't, you live in the sewers, Bob. Did you see the movie Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Sure. Was it not the same thing? Same, yes, same thing, same type of thing. That's right. That was the same message. All right, did you see The Terminator with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Who didn't? Of course. Yeah, All right, mean, now, once I'm, again. I'll be back. Okay, I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah. Once again, if you go along with us, uh, then, of course, in that movie, all of the humans were living in sewers. Uh, have you seen the movie Demolition Man with uh, uh, Leslie Snipes and, uh, well, what's his name here? Sylvester Sloan. Yeah, Sylvester Sloan. Yeah. Yeah, I thought. Okay, it's... In an alternate 1996 Los Angeles, two groups of people, one lives in harmony and peace, the other one lives in sewers. And the whole point, and the same thing as in Children of Men, uh, the, the whole point is they're trying to send a message letting you know you go along with us, you're okay, you don't go along with us, you live in the sewers. Now let's begin to tie some more things together. Let's talk about invulnerability for all people, but specifically to super soldiers. Now, Joel 2, verse 7, says they'll run like mighty men. 
They will climb the wall like men of war. They shall march everyone his own ways and shall not break their ranks, and neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk everyone in his path. In other words, they're kind of like zombie soldiers. And then the next words are, and when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. Okay, hold it, stop the presses. What's this talking about? How can a person fall on a sword and not be wounded? The only two ways I can think that can happen is either they have some kind of a uh, coating on them that maybe has to do with nanotechnology, that maybe it's as thin as silk, but not a bullet or not a sword of any kind will penetrate that. Now, we do know that they are working on that. Now, I don't know that they've perfected it, but maybe they have. But it would have to be something where you could hold that sword right up against your gut and just run against the wall with the sword and it would just bounce off. That's what it's saying. Either that or the sword goes into you, you pull the sword out and you're instantly healed. Now, in my opinion, I think it's the latter. Why? Because Revelation says that there's a crack that comes in the earth and then there's this smoke that comes out of the crack and then there's locusts that come out of the smoke. They have face of, uh, of a man, hair of a woman, teeth of a lion, and they have a tail like a serpent, and stings are in the tails like scorpions. And they sting men with the mark of the beast, and they sting them for five months. And the Bible says they desire to die, remember? But death flees from them. In other words, people that have the mark of the beast apparently have reached some kind of invulnerability. They've become eternal. Just like out of Genesis 6-4. Are you seeing it, Dan? you seeing how I'm tying it together? Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Keep going. Okay. All right, now let's go back to the movies. What do the movies say? And you remember us talking earlier about the other article about the uh, how they injected the monkey with this uh, the other vaccination, this uh, DNA, and it changed the mus- monkey's muscles and made them stronger. Listen to this. And also another one, how about they thought that they had come up with a cure for cancer. Listen right. to this. Did you see the movie starring Will Smith with called I Am Legend? Sure I did. Sure I did. Okay. In the movie, it starts off, a scientist has invented a vaccination for the cure of cancer. Right. Everyone begins taking it. The vaccination mutates. Months later, those that have taken it now become vampires living on the blood of the living. The right. vampire-creating virus spreads. Soon, only one, is, one man is left. Now, what are we seeing in all of the movies and many things on television? Vampires. Why, they just come out with this whole movie series where they make vampires look handsome and all the girls just love them. Oh, well, yeah. we all want to be vampires, don't we? No, but, yeah, that's what they want you to do. That's right. Okay. Holy crap. Now, Let's see how they can twist. That was just a minute. That really boggles <laughs> my mind. I mean, how, how, how can a vampire? I don't get it. They're the most evil looking thing and is, you know, they were the creepiest things when I was a child. Bella Laguza, you know, come out. No, no, I don't get it. Well, it's, it's, yeah, all right. I'm, I'm probably going to be making another DVD and I'll, I'll give you the, the a hint here. How does the 55 mile an hour speed limit relate to the mark of the beast. Well, I have to think about that one. All right, here's the answer. The 55 mile an hour speed limit was first implemented, and the reason they said we had to do it because 
we use too much foreign oil. Okay. Twenty-one years later, all of a sudden, no one was. Uh, we were all surprised to hear, "Hey, they repealed it." Right. Well, if you go back and you look at the crude oil sales to America, it did not change them, either when they started it or when they ended it. Now, when they ended it, if it was really started because we imported too much crude oil from from foreign nations, mm-hmm. then you would have seen that there would have been a giant domestic discovery of crude oil. Now, we aren't buying as much foreign crude oil. We have plenty of crude oil, so now we can lift the 55 miles mile hour speed limit. Well, the truth is there was no big dis- – well, actually there was, but they won't let them produce it. But the point right. is this. The 55-mile-an-hour speed limit is all about control. The same thing at the airports. You said it went right after 9-11. At first, you couldn't take any liquids with you on your carry-on. Then they said, oh, you can only take what you can put into a one-quart Ziploc bag. Okay, now wait a minute. Hold up. If we can't take it, uh, any liquid at all, then why do they switch it to a one-quart bag? I'll tell you why. Because too many people complain. In other words, the whole thing was an experiment in society to see how far we would go and how far we would let them push us. Oh, I believe that. You see, this is relating to it. Now, let me go on to the next uh, movie. Of course, we all have seen the Spider-Man movies. Listen to this. Student Peter Parker is bitten by a genetically altered spider. The spider had been created in a laboratory using the best genes from five spiders. Peter finds that the spider has transferred the properties of the spider, in other words, the ability to scale walls and swing on webs, uh, to him and given him a superhuman strength. You see, that's what they're looking for. Do you remember the movie Iron Man? Right. Yeah, I love it too, okay? But the plot is this. A wealthy industrialist, Tony Stark, is forced to build an armored suit impervious to bullets, flies to 100,000 feet at speed of Mach 2. In other words, it's showing us that their heart is to build and create a super soldier. Well, Same thing with the, the Hulk. I'm, I'm sorry to keep walking on you, but you remember no, the movie I, I The Hulk? I believe that, Stan, is what I said. Okay. All right, Bruce Banner is a scientist working to find a way to use gamma radiation to increase healing time in soldiers. Upon subjecting himself to a gamma test, Banner transforms into a green-skinned, superhumanly powerful creature. Ross reveals that the goal of the program was not to develop new ways of treating injuries, but to create an army of invincible super soldiers. Now, that's their words, not mine. I took that right off the Internet side. Interesting, huh? Yeah, exactly. Um, isn't that the DARPA site that's talking about the super soldiers? The DARPA site does too, yes. Well, absolutely. It does too. What other site was you speaking of? Oh, well, this particular one is uh, it's called the Internet Database, Internet Movie Database, But DARPA is really – tell us what DARPA is for a moment, if you've got a minute. Take a minute. Okay. Uh, DARPA is basically the government site – uh, well, DARPA is the uh, – here, let me just pull up. I can't say exactly. Where was it here? My, I've got my PowerPoint here, blah, blah, blah. Well, you've mentioned uh, it so many it? times I thought we ought to have an explanation. Um, here it is. Okay. It's the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. 
In other words, this is the branch of our government that is doing all of the crazy research that is melding half man, half gorilla, trying to create super soldiers right. and stuff like that. Right. They're not the only one, but they are they are one of them. Now, let me try to tie this all together. Okay. If you tie it together, here's what essentially the, the DVD is talking about, DNA of the Mark of the Beast. My suspicion and my contention is that the biggest draw for people to take the Mark of the Beast may not just contain a stick. In other words, the stick and the carrot. You see, right. the Mark of the Beast has a stick, as if you don't take it, you lose your head. That's a pretty good stick. Right. But there's also a carrot side. And the carrot side is, if you take it, then we give you this injection. The injection goes in and changes your DNA. It, it creates you, or I should say recreates you, and gives you invulnerability. And that's the reason the Bible says horrible malignant sores break out on all of those people who have the mark of the beast. It's kind of like back to I Am Legend, that originally the scientists thought that they were coming out with a cure for cancer, but after many people had already taken it, oh, oops, right. sorry, uh, but there's something wrong. People that took this vaccination are turning up really bad, like, okay? In other words, could it be that the devil is going to say, if you take the mark of the beast, you'll live forever. We will give you invulnerability. You know that part of that Nobel Peace Prize was given because they think that they had figured out a way to stop degeneration of cells. Well, what does that mean? If our cells don't degenerate, then we live forever. Yeah. We amen. are. We are on the surface, <laughs> on the precipice of talking about creating a super soldier, giving invulnerability, giving an eternally uh, replicating uh, eternal body to people who will take this mark, who will take this um, this injection. We're, we're on that front. Now, that's on the surface. Where are they down in the secret under, underground laboratories? That's 25 years ahead of us. L let me throw something out there. I didn't hear you mention this one, but you probably thought of it. Um, you know the scripture that says that men will want to die in those days during the wrath of God and, and death will flee from them? Well, yes, that has to do with the uh, the locusts that sting men for five months. They want to die, but death flees from them. In other words, they want to die. They can't die because they've taken the mark of the beast. That's the whole point. In other words, when the mark of the beast comes out, yeah, if you don't have it, you won't be able to buy or sell, but if you do take it, we will offer you eternal life. We will change your DNA. We'll take the DNA away from you that causes your cells to uh, degenerate. And you can, you can cut your finger, and it'll heal up immediately before your very eyes. That's okay, well, now let me ask you a question. Um, now, we've spent probably 40-some-odd minutes on this. Now, you went into detail about this, and you can prove some of this more than what we're talking about on your DVD? Um. No, I think I've done just a better job of laying it out. I have all the pictures, all of the research to it, where I've skimmed the surface tonight. Right. So, but what I mean, I'm saying this, this, is... Let, let me just say, when I did this DVD, I mean, the anointing was so strong, I talked as fast as I could possibly talk for two and a half hours at the top of my voice. I mean, I hollered. I was punching the ear. It was, it's, I think it's one of the best DVDs I've ever made. 
when I was done, I was horse. I've never been horse. Done 18 DVDs, <laughs> three or four, three DVD packs, and I've never been horse when I was done before. But this time, I was horse. It's really a good DVD. Well, I really can't wait to see it. Um, it's got some fascinating things there. I'm going to have to get it just for the mere fact that I want to check. I want to see in greater detail, um, you know, what you're talking about. Because, like I said, at the first half, I think it was the first half of the program. So those things are adding up, you know, that I haven't had a chance to, to look up that are there. That's amazing. Well, let me read this scripture, uh, Revelation okay, 9 5. I'm and, sorry. and to oh, them it was given that they should not kill them. And this is talking about the, the, the locusts. Mm-hmm. And it was given to them that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And the torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh the man. And in those days shall men seek death. In other words, they're, they're not necessarily saying that the, the scorpion or the sting of the scorpion, this flying locust thing, is killing them. They're saying that because it's so painful, they're finding all, they're seeking, they're trying to kill them. They're, they're jumping out of windows. They're stabbing themselves. They're drinking poison. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. Wow. That's, That's be incredible. Wow. So you see how that could be related to the mark of the beast. Could very well and, be, because it's definitely, let's just say this, it's definitely going to be the people that are damned. So, you know, why death doesn't, you know, flees from him? Well, we don't know. That could be it. How does tattoos and vaccinations lead to the mark of the beast? Do what? No, go ahead. How do tattoos and vaccinations lead to the mark of the beast? How does it lead to the mark of the beast? Or how does it relate to the mark of the beast? Well, you take it and you're, okay, let's go like this. The devil always tries to imitate what God does. God has a mark that he puts on his people um, to separate them so the angels know who they are. And two, he offers us eternal life. So the devil creates an imitation. Okay. You see, in the vaccinations, my understanding is, and I know you're familiar with this, that the report was that they were putting nanochips inside the needle of the vaccinations, so that so they, they can track, track who has the vaccinations. Well, why do they want to know who has the vaccination? Do we really think that our federal government is so concerned about our health that they want to make certain that we give their vaccination? Of course not. Okay, so then why do they want to know who has the vaccination? Well, the answer is I don't know. But I am very concerned that they want to put nanochips inside the needles of a vaccination. Yeah, Could it be? Could it be that they're simply getting people used to taking shots from the government? Could it be that the push for the tattoos on everybody over the last five to seven years is simply getting them used to having things tattooed on them? Could sure be a possibility because it's just like this last so-called flu season. That was a test run to see how we'd react, I'm sure. Absolutely. Wow. It's like the 55-mile-hour speed limit and like yeah. liquids in your carry-on. Of course, and now the big thing is x-rays at the airport. Well, uh, I got we're late. I'm going to have to get out of here in about a half a minute, and so I need to let you tell them the phone number of the Prophecy Club one more time 
if they want to well, actually, let me just say this. They, okay. they can go back and listen to that. I want to encourage everybody to give to his ministry. I don't have time to tell you the whole dream, but right after New Orleans, Katrina hit, our donations dropped, and I asked God, what do I say about New Orleans? And this is before I realized our donations were going to drop. He gave me a dream, and essentially he told me that I was to tell the people that they need to put God and his ministers and his kingdom first. Of course, three weeks later, I then realized why he gave me the dream because then I realized our donations are dropped like they have now. So the word of the Lord to everyone out there, make certain that you keep God and his ministries first. Nothing wrong with helping people, but you always want to take care of God and his ministries. And then if you have excess, in other words, you still give what you're supposed to give to God. If you have excess, then you can help others. Amen. I totally agree. Well, um, I got to go, Stan. Thanks for being on. I just have to say goodbye and shalom to you, my brother. I got to okay. go. God bless you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, I better get out of here uh, before I get run off radio. Lord our God, Father King of the Universe, asking you, show how much His name that Yahweh blesses and keeps you, and His face shines upon you, and is gracious to you, and gives you peace. Until next week, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch. President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence? Or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTurnan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcturnan.name. No objection.
Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Plans, rumors, and war propaganda for attacking Syria and disposing Assad has been around for many months. This past week, however, it was reported that the Pentagon indeed was finalizing plans to do just that. In my opinion, all the evidence to justify this attack is bogus. It is no more credible than the pretext given for the 2003 invasion of Iraq or for the 2011 attack on Libya. The total waste of those wars should cause us to pause before this all-out effort at occupation and regime change is initiated against Syria. There are no national security concerns that require such a foolish escalation of violence in the Middle East. There should be no doubt that our security interests are best served by completely staying out of the internal strife now raging in Syria. We are already too much involved in supporting the forces within Syria anxious to overthrow their current government. Without outside interference, the strife now characterized as a civil war would likely be non-existent. Whether or not we attack yet another country occupying it and setting up a new regime that we hope we can control poses a serious constitutional question. For where does a president get such authority? Since World War II, the proper authority to go to war has been ignored. It has been replaced by international entities like the United Nations and NATO or the president himself. Chapter 17. The burden of Damascus. Behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city, and it shall be a ruinous heap. The cities of Aroer are forsaken. They shall be for flocks which shall lie down, and none shall make them afraid. The fortress also shall cease from Ephraim, and the kingdom from Damascus, and the remnant of Syria. They shall be as the glory of the children of Israel, saith the Lord of hosts. And in that day it shall come to pass that the glory of Jacob shall be made thin, and the fatness of his flesh shall wax lean. And it shall be as when the harvestman gathereth the corn, and reapeth the ears with his arm. And it shall be as he that gathereth ears in the valley of Rephaim. Yet gleaning grapes shall be left in it, as the shaking of an olive tree. Two or three berries in the top of the uppermost bough, four or five in the outmost fruitful branches thereof, saith the Lord God of Israel. At that day shall a man look to his Maker, and his eyes shall have respect to the Holy One of Israel. And he shall not look to the altars, the work of his hands not...
windows and the shutters are letting in that cold, cold air. Keep saying to myself, I'm gonna fix it when I can get the time. All I've been getting lately, leaving on my mind. Lately, all I've got is leaving on my mind. You know it seems that's all.
probably one of the greatest tragedies uh, in Christianity today, I believe, is the apostasy concerning the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I honestly believe that those among us here who are really looking for his coming and yearning for it would be absolutely shocked at the masses in Christianity today who no longer believe in the coming of the Lord. They have jettisoned that from their thinking and their theology. They are not looking for his coming. They are saying he will not come in my lifetime. Our teachings now saying he, he may not come for centuries. And so they have put away and out of mind the truth of his coming. We are seeing fulfilled right before our eyes the warning of Peter, the apostle. There shall come in the last days scoffers, walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the sign of his coming? Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of time. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Paul says more than once to Timothy, be sober, be sober, be sober. The end of the world is coming. Dear Lord, if it was coming 2,000 years ago, where are we tonight? Makes me wonder if he's coming for those who are not expecting him. He said, for those who look for him shall he appear the second time without sin under salvation. The crown of righteousness waiting for all who are looking, yearning, loving his appearance. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord is coming. Come on, there's not much time left. I'm going into his eternal presence forever, so what if I suffer a little? What if I'm not right? No matter what happens to the society, if you have ever uppermost in your mind that Jesus is coming at any moment, any hour, as he said he would, this is a motivation to holiness. It's a motivation to keeping focused on Jesus Christ no matter what happens in your day and age. And we have a whole army of ministers in the pulpit today, preachers of peace, saying, Relax. You're okay. I'm okay. Relax. And because iniquity shall abound, escalate like an avalanche, the literal word, like an avalanche, nothing can stop it. It just escalates more and more and nothing can stop it. Because iniquity and lawlessness, literally, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The Greek, the love of the most. Profess Christianity. We were actually called God's sake. It's happening right now, sir. In case you don't see it. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax call. But he that endureth unto the end shall be saved. Shall be saved. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. The Bible says he began to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. Now this serpent is not eating and drinking Christ anymore. He's not into the Word. He's bored with the Word of God now. 
He doesn't want to hear anything about the coming of the Lord because it's going to ruin his lifestyle now. Because you see, the world is creeping in, the spirit of the age is creeping in, this man's thinking is changing completely. I've got all the time in the world. You know a lot of Christians today are living for the devil and saying, well, uh, he's not coming right now anyhow, but if, if I get sick and before I die, I'll repent. Chances are you won't get that chance. Because only those who expect the coming of the Lord are feeding on Christ. What are you eating and drinking? Are you as much in love with Jesus this morning while I'm talking to you as you were a year ago? Are you as hungry for the Word of God? Or have you, Jesus put, have you put Jesus on the backside of your mind? He's back here somewhere and you say, Oh yeah, I believe him, I trust him, but you know, I've got all these things to do. I've got things in my life. And little by little, you eat and drink the other things of this world and you are, you are not focus now on Jesus. You are not eating and drinking and the only reason you would do that is because you really don't believe Jesus is coming soon. If you really believe Jesus is coming at any moment and you believe what he said, be ye ready. You see, when you're not eating and feasting on Christ, you don't expect his return. You turn to the world. You turn to its filth. time for us to love purity and stop loving the pollution that comes through the airwaves and television and radio and the smut that's being printed in magazines and books. We need to sober up and realize that God is active to save and by default he is also active to judge and that there are souls perishing. Eating and drinking with the drunken. It means that you're eating the same food, drinking the same food that's intoxicated the world. They are intoxicated now with sports and entertainment. And not one thought of spending an hour alone with Jesus in the Word. There's an intoxication with sports in the United States that is absolutely demonic. There's nothing filthier than soap operas. Nothing. Nudity, filth, adultery, fornication. And I'm going to look you right in the eye and tell you that if you're sitting there when Jesus comes and you're watching that filth, how do you expect to come out of that cesspool suddenly into the arms of Jesus? Come on now. How do you sit there and watch those talk shows that are nothing but slop from the very pits? Absolute filth. And you're going to feed on that? You're going to drink that drink? You're going to eat that food with the drunken and get intoxicated with this? This is life and death. If you think I'm putting on a show, then you're missing the whole point. What are you eating and drinking from that computer? Come on, what are you eating and drinking? And I say this for the young people especially. Ten years ago, I couldn't have preached this. This is where we're headed, folks. And I'm telling you, it's going to... You are going, if you are drinking and eating at the wrong table, if you start eating and drinking with the drunken, you will not make it. I say it again, you will not make it. Because Jesus says, the Bible says clearly evil men are going to wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. And you and I cannot sit here now. If, if we had the full vision, 
We would all be on our feet weeping, or on our knees and on our face, if we knew what's coming. To be in love with the appearing is to have a sense of reality. What do I mean by reality? The judgments of God that are here and that are coming upon the earth in mass. And then the eternal judgment of God, most Christians are not in touch with reality. They're not sober. There's moments and glimpses when we need God, but there's not a sense that the earth is pregnant with the judgments of God, that at the end of the age, the earth will experience the most ravaging judgments of God ever, and then there will be an eternal judgment. We don't think about these things. First of all, you must have in your home a renewed vision of the soon return of Jesus Christ. There has to be a cry in you so that your children hear it, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. So the church needs a sense of sobriety, that things are not going to continue on the way they are. And this has to be uppermost in your mind. If, if, if you don't have this truth burning and, and, and alive, a flame in your heart, saying, Oh, Jesus, I believe that you can come at any moment. I want to be prepared. Oh, God, by your Holy Spirit, enable me. Give me power to live for you. Hey, all, all that is in this life, thank God for family, thank God for friends, thank God for his blessings. But there's, this is not the real world. This is not the real world. We're going somewhere for eternity. This is just a little piece of eternity cut out called time and space to repent. A little time and space to, to, to prepare our hearts for the glory of God that awaits us. I'm not living for today. You're going to stand before me. It's appointed unto man once to die after this, the judgment. And folks, we're going to go to the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to stand before him as believers. Some of you are going to be damned. You're not going to be saved. The Lord's going to bind you hand and foot and cast into outer darkness for an eternity. And your hell is going to be so much more terrifying than the heathen. Because the Bible says, to whom much is given... Much is expected. Sadly, some of you who can look at Brother Carter, you can look at me, you say, I love my pastors. I love these men. But you're still going to hell. You're going to die and go to hell. Because you have never fully yielded. You're still not... You don't even pick this up at home. You're not into it. You never get alone with him and seek him. You're not eating and drinking. Christ. You've not become that faithful wise servant. You still speak doubt. You speak unbelief. If you loved him and you believe he's coming, you'll run to him. The Bible says absolutely the law is meant to bring you to such a state of helplessness and terror that you're driven to Christ and his mercy and preaching like this is, is intended to become a law to you 
that exposes your laziness, exposes everything. It's unlike Jesus in you to produce a holy terror that you would say, I will run to his mercy. His mercy is for those only who have already been convicted of their sins and admit I've sinned and, uh, and know that their sins are going to damn them. And once you know that, you run to Jesus and that's when his mercy is given to you. He floods you. That's when the peace, that's when the miracle happens. And that's why there's not much conviction in the church anymore. That's why people are not really turning to the Lord with all their heart because the law of the Lord has not been laid down as a mirror to convict them of their sins. There has to be conviction. And if you're here this morning and you're convicted, there's something turning and twisting in your heart. This wasn't to be cute this morning. This is to tell you if you've been sitting there drinking smut, lay it down. I'm telling you, you're going to go to hell. Folks. This is not a game. It's your eternal soul. And I will not stand before my maker. I'll not stand before my blessed Jesus. I tell you, I will not. And have anybody's blood on my hands. When I stand there and you were there beside me, I'll let you know in all love, I told you. Sunday morning I preached about his coming. I talked about that stuff you were drinking. It was going to damn you. I prayed that you would turn. I begged you. I pleaded. I did everything. I used God's hammer. I used His law. I used His mercy. You don't pay me for this. Say, oh, Brother Dave, those, those are old-fashioned, older techniques from a century ago. No. I don't care what anybody calls it. I'm after your soul. I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Jesus, I come to you to be cleansed, to be forgiven, and to be changed. I need a new mind. Oh, God, forgive me for eating and drinking the wrong food and the wrong drink. Give me strength and a desire to feed on Christ and His Word to pray and to seek the Lord with all my heart. Forgive me, Jesus. I know you're coming soon. I want to be ready. Touch me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. And give me this hope. Are you ready to meet him now?
big story we're following. New Yorkers can now apply for the new enhanced driver's license. Before the most haunted mind at Seabridge was awaited. Melissa, they've only been available for... Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture an American Warning Radio with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think once people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's A-N-AmericanWarning.com. out our future and host Phil Armstrong examines what the scripture tells of his coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on the Prophecy Zone. What is the New World Order? The people who are talking about the New World Order, Bible prophecy, may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible and we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who is the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is The Prophecy Zone. From a 623 says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gifts of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You're listening to the Prophecy Zone on Block Talk Radio. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world where truth is rivaled with a lie and the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity 
the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days, so you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy, so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Get ready to come into the zone for the next 60 minutes. Your journey will begin in three. Two, one. Blog Talk Radio. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.